Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Filmmaker Mickey Reese presents a bizarre reimagining of, of musical icons in the film Country Gold. George Jones invites an up-and-coming country music superstar out on the town in Nashville the night before George is about to undergo an amazing transformation. I'm going to leave it there because I don't want to get too far into too much detail with this wonderful new film from one of our favorite directors. Uh, that would be Mickey Reese, and the film is called Country Gold. Mickey Reese, welcome back to Film School Radio. Thanks for having me. I really like the premise of the film. I like the execution of the film. And there are some really terrific performances in it. We'll get into all that. But what inspired this? In 2017, we made a movie called Alien. And it was uh, yes, very similar in that it was just kind of a, uh, you know, historically inaccurate, you know, kind of like week in the life of Elvis Presley. And we shot it in black and white. I think the the idea then is, you know, same idea now where we, we want to see these figures depicted in like kind of a golden age of Hollywood era, as opposed to, you know, Country Gold making it in 19... I don't want to see the movie that is Country Gold shot in 1994 and 1994 colors. You know what I mean? I want to see it like it's a classic. After doing that, after doing Alien in 2017, we you know, made uh, a lot of movies, what, Arrows of Outrageous Fortune, Strike Your Mistress and Cure's Heart, Climb to the Hunter, Agnes, and uh, kind of wanted to do something different that wasn't horror adjacent, like the past three movies I did. So I was like, well, let's re let's return. Let's uh, go back to the well on uh, that uh, celebrity icon, you know, reimagining uh, thing. So we're, we're, we're essentially going to do a trilogy. I don't know what the third one's going to be yet, though. So okay, look out for that maybe in another five, six years. You, you said with Alien, it was a, kind of a, a sci-fi horror uh, reimagining of it or an imagining of an, of this um, event. This one, um, there's hints of sci-fi. There's a there's a sort of a sprinkling of in it. And I think part of it for me what, is that what is what George Jones is about to go through or is about to undertake for his life is there's an element of sci-fi in in what he's what he wants to do right i mean it, would you would you is that fair to say really yeah you know i try I, uh <laughs> i try not to stick to one thing in, in making movies you know i want to do i want to see a little bit of sci-fi a little bit of drama a little bit of yeah. comedy you know put it all together a little 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 bit of thriller anything i can throw in there you know what i mean well and one of the things that i thoroughly enjoyed about this film and it's in is someone that you have had in your cast in many of your films, and that's Ben Hall. He's he's fantastic. He's always fantastic. I mean, Climate of the Hunter. I thought he was fantastic in that. He's fantastic in in Agnes. What I've seen of your work, he is just a, a great actor. And I'm so glad that you guys have this a working relationship because it works really, really well. By the way, he plays the part of George Jones. I should say yeah. how we met, I don't, I guess, you know, five, six years ago, we were introduced by a friend. It's really not a very interesting story. We were introduced by a friend. It's like, Hey, this is a really good actor. 
And uh, he's like, hey, this is, a, this is a good director. You guys should do something. And I just so happened to have had a, we were kind of doing this like kind of like improv comedy movie called Arrows of Outrageous Fortune. And uh, I had a part to play a, kind of a, a dying father figure that was, uh, you know, had one scene. And I was like, well, Ben, we met at the right time because I, I got a part. We can work together. And he came on the set. We did a day, probably shot, you know, hour and a half or something, maybe two hours. It was very run and gun. He got in there, he killed it. And I was like, all right, so here we go. So then kind of wrote a bigger part for him for Climate of the Hunter. He's just terrific as George Jones. And by the way, failed to mention that you have a leading role in the film. In fact, I, the lead in this film, uh, you play Troyal Brooks. Was that always going to be the case or did it evolve into something that you decided you wanted to do somewhere in this process? How did that come about? This was shot during COVID and the actor I wanted uh, just wasn't going to be able to work on the, on the schedule um, that we had kind of lined up. And so I, I essentially, his, his name is Mason Giles. He's in uh, some older movies of mine. And, uh, that's who I wanted. I basically, when that wasn't going to work out and I had to play the role, I just basically played it like he would have played it or how I imagine he would have played it. So, yeah. And uh, also, I look enough like Garth Brooks where it was like, okay, yeah, this will work. But also, Garth Brooks is one of those figures, kind of like Elvis, where, you know, you put a uh, Mobetta shirt on and a cowboy hat and then anybody's like, yeah, that's Garth Brooks. Well, I thought you did a wonderful job. I really, I, I thought the not only do we recognize the the similarities in what you just mentioned, but there's an earnestness to his character and the kind of the arc of his his story is he's an interesting character because he's obviously idolizes George Jones. He's been and he, he there's a few other country western legends that are mentioned in the film that were kind of his north star if you will. But what I liked about him was he's he's flawed. He's certainly a flawed man. But I think his sort of obliviousness to his to his own persona in the film and the earnestness with which you play it works very well in counterpoint to George Jones and his character. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, I, basically the script is kind of like vague in the lines, just kind of like, you know, the words are there to kind of get the actor to to understand the scene. But then... Once we get on set, it's kind of like all bets are off. I mean, that's usually how I how I how I work. And so in directing myself, I, you know, kind of may have went overboard on that and just, you know, a lot of a lot of improvising. And uh, but I mean, I don't know. That's that's the way I see good, good comedy actors work. So yeah. I, and I'm not really an actor, so I was just kind of emulating. Yeah, well, it is. It's a very funny film, but there are, there's an awful lot of pathos in the film and in terms of mortality, uh, legacy, relationships, but, and, and I felt like that was the, that's what lifts this up above just a, a kind of, a, was your just, you know, a comedy, uh, just sort of a, an off, off, what am I trying to say? It's certainly an unusual premise, but I thought the way that the, the characters interact with one another gives it a, gives it something more there's some there's depth to all of this and um and particularly when it comes to your your interactions with uh, Ben Hall as George Jones um he god i just can't say enough about how 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 good he is in this film but um as an actor 
and as a, as the person behind the camera, when you're setting up to do a, a scene, like when we meet him, when we meet George Jones, um, what are your challenges? What are the things that you you're that are most important to you in terms of setting it up? Getting what is what are the challenges you face when you're when you're in a scene like that when you first meet George Jones? John and I, John Selvage, who co-wrote the film with me, um, him and I kind of like don't really focus on plot. I mean, you know, that that's that's why all the movies don't have any plot, but uh it's 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 not because we're not really like thinking about like this situation happens to get this character here, or or you know, it's more just kind of like here are the characters. Let's get them talking, and this is what comes out. On the day, it's really all about just trusting your your actors. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just just mm-hmm. going with it. And in this situation, with with me in it, you know, I never looked at the monitor. We kind of would like set up the shot, and I would just go in there and act. We didn't have time to go back and look and you know analyze the performances. So it's really just a matter of like, here we are. We're on the day. We're going to say the lines. We're going to live in it together like you know ben and i and uh yeah just kind of see where it takes us in that way so it's it's, it's really a lot about trust and that's the thing again another thing about your films um by the way we're speaking with mickey reese and the film is called country gold and in this film um mickey is not only the director he's also co-writer on the film and producer as well as i said director i think what you said really makes a lot of sense to me as i reflect on your films in that the essence of your your work seems to be capturing the interactions of people in unusual circumstances, unusual situations that makes it forces them out of their comfort zone. I'm lucky that the, you know, hangout movie is a genre. So, so I have, you yeah. know, some, some kind of box to put it in some way to explain it. But I mean, that's, that's very much, you know, what they are. They're just these characters and we're living with these characters. We're, and and in 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 that scenario, they the the performances are better and the characters become more real because you're spending time with them as opposed to them getting you to the next plot point. How much of the film in Country Gold? How much of it was improv? How much of it was scripted? Well, the script is there. Uh, you know, Ben can go by the script. He can make those words sing. Uh, you know, me and and others like have a harder time doing that well also it helps that uh john selvage so he's my co-writer and uh he writes really well for ben so all all of uh all of ben's performances have essentially you know the text has been mainly provided by john selvage um yeah i don't know like it's it's all there the script is all there it's just kind of like you know we'll add little flourishes to lines and things just to kind of make them our own um so i mean yeah i don't know not much as far as improvising some stuff will be come up with that will come up with on the day and sometimes we'll do entire scenes that take place on the day so for instance like when it uh goes to the alternate juno character mm-hmm. he, goes, he goes home to visit his mom and eat beans so in the script it was like juno goes same exact thing juno goes into an alternate reality and he just goes home to like his wife and they talk but then joe kappa the actor uh was in town and he shooting the movie and he was like i want to work with your grandma i have to work with your grandma so how can we do that and i was like well we'll just change this scene and you'll just go home to uh to my grandma and once again we didn't have anything for that honestly joe just kind of came in and started talking about uh his friend and the, how he can install the satellite, but then she already had somebody install the satellite. So it's, you know, very collaborative process whenever we're doing scenes like that. 
you are now what is it 40 films into this into your career how many films have you made i mean i only count like you know five or six okay (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah i've made a lot of movies and i think that's you know part of the lore that i've made a lot of movies but they're they're bad i mean these these movies are not good they're feature length and everything but god forbid they should be they should all be an hour shorter you know it's just i i kind of picture all that stuff as like a sketchbook okay well that's where kind of where i was going in terms of your film career as a filmmaker um the ones that i've the three that i've seen are the recent ones what inspired you to be a filmmaker and then this approach this particular approach to making films i know you're you were obviously for, for a lot of filmmakers working on a smaller budgets you have to be creative and improvise and all but what got you into filmmaking what was it well so yeah when i was a kid my mom had a camcorder and i know we made a movie with action figures uh once and it's just you know just two kids goofing off you know being silly and uh then i saw train spotting probably i don't know eighth grade and uh for for some reason i just really wanted to play one of those like cool scottish guys you know heroin addicts and so i remember making a short uh with my mom's camera uh at my house whenever they weren't home obviously were you know with me like shooting heroin and then anybody that would come over with <laughs> art as well and i'd have a bad scottish accent i don't even think the others even tried and then yeah then i met uh, a couple of other guys who were uh you know this was like right when they were like kind of pulp fiction it came out and they were really into tarantino and they you know kind of dork out about the about the shots you know what i mean and so then I, that's kind of when i like learned like oh there's a there's a technique to this to to where you put the camera and stuff and so we all three kind of started making movies in high school and this is what we did just to hang out this wasn't like these were it wasn't work to us we were just doing this to hang out like we can go to the mall or we can film like let's film so we would film stuff then i uh kind of they moved away you know we all kind of uh grew grew apart and went our separate ways and then uh started playing music and i did that all through my 20s um touring in a band and stuff and then i don't know at some point in my late 20s i was like you know i want to relive the glory days let's make a movie so we started making movies with uh, uh just me and some friends and uh we, we were shooting on a canon xl1 and editing on iMovie and we would just make like three a year uh you know just make one for you know it takes us a couple months and we'd make a feature film they had they had to be features because we were showing them at a music venue so it was like an event so uh we kept doing that and the uh you know our friends would come and then more people from the community would come uh the paper started writing about us and then uh one day one night uh the movie was called pennsylvania is for lovers i believe no no it was time machine this was later this movie was called called time machine we made this movie and you couldn't get into the venue there were too many people and we were like oh now we got to move it so we moved it to the oklahoma contemporary which had a uh, like 200 seats or so and then we started packing that out and then we just started doing festivals so it just kind of like was a gradual like you know working our way up into you know making movies that people can actually watch yeah well i what i heard in your answer is if you want to be a filmmaker make films (laughs) yeah i i would never anybody that asked me for advice i'm the wrong one to to do so because i went well i went i went around it like the really really the hard way you know yeah there are people that just go to film school, come out, make the first feature, and it's amazing. You know what I mean? Do that. <laughs> <laughs> do what I did. Well, I 
so appreciate your work. I so appreciate your approach to to making films and the openness with which you approach these ideas and and the chances that you take. And and I, I what I find so interesting about your films is they they just put us in a different place. And for me, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, that is one of the most important things in in a, in the experience of watching a film is being put somewhere that is not familiar. That is it, where, it's, where I either accept or don't accept the internal logic of that particular experience. And that's for me a determining factor. And for me watching your films, that's how I feel. So, well, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. The film again is called Country Gold. Country Gold is out as we speak, as you are listening to our conversation. I know it's available on fandor.com. Is that where we anywhere went? you uh, anywhere you rent movies? So you know, okay. Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Vudu, all those places. Fantastic. And then yeah, exclusively on Fandor with a Fandor subscription that's free. Great, and strongly recommend that you check this out. The reviews have been really, really solid for this film, Country Gold. Mickey Reese, please keep doing what you're doing, and I hope you'll find some time to come back and join us again. Oh, I sure will. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.